0: Hey, welcome to On to Waveland, We're presented by Topps. Check out Topps Project 70, celebrating 70 years of Topps baseball cards. I am Brett Taylor, joined by Sahadev Sharma and Patrick Mooney, and we are here to talk all things Cubs Cardinals, man, because that series deserved it. Uh, I think at the top, the the notable thing to say about, uh, you know, Cubs took the series two games to one, and uh, I, I saw a lot of people saying this, so I, I'm not, um, I don't know, I shouldn't get credit for this, but I want to confirm with everyone else that, uh that that had like a good solid later season feel to it. You know, like it felt like two teams that were battling near the top of a divisional standings in like eh, mid August, early September, maybe sort of that range in terms of the energy, in terms of the um, intensity you were feeling in those tight innings. Uh, And so that was, you know, and we know the reasons for it and we'll get into that, but like, that was just nice to see. That was the, that was probably the first time since 2019 That I kind of had that uh, top-to-bottom feeling about a series like that. And, of course, because we didn't have fans last year. And I think we're all realizing what a huge difference that is. So, yeah, I I assume I wasn't the only one that kind of sensed that.
1: No, I mean, you're right. Fans being there is just huge. It it made a big difference. I think we all... Wanted it to be the same thing last year, just to, you know, this is the same game, uh, but it, it's so different. Javi acknowledged it after the game yesterday, uh, even though it's probably majority of those 26 plus K were Cardinal fans. I'm gonna assume I wasn't there, but uh, it, he still appreciated it. I think that like everybody, a lot of these guys feed off that, regardless of if they're cheering for you or booing you uh it's a it's just a different game not just baseball all the sports uh, I mean I think people were talking about like the PGA championship this weekend with with the fans was felt different so that's that's nice but you're right I felt it for sure uh especially in that was it the seventh inning with the bases loaded no outs it felt tense and I was like whoa I haven't felt like this in a while like I'm just like I'm like gearing up for a game and I'm like, Ooh, this is a big moment. That's, that's nice to have that feeling again, that, you know, not just resigned to the fate that the Cubs are going to sell in July. You know, we may, we may still believe that or whatever, but they're, they're trying to shut everyone up and they're doing a nice job of it. It's been a, it's, it's been a, it was an impressive weekend. They needed to, I think they needed to win two of three to kind of keep that positivity rolling and, and they did. They definitely did a nice job of obviously you can you can debate whether they should have swept or not. I think they, you know, they got the one on Sunday that they needed to, in my opinion. And that was it was a nice win and a big development developmental step for Alzali. Just a good weekend, a good weekend overall, even after losing Steel, uh, Just I mean, you take two or three from the Cardinals, have a little momentum and have three against the Pirates. I think that's a that's a nice way to set up this week.
2: Yeah. I mean, walking into Wrigley field like three or four hours before first pitch and seeing the empty stadium and how calm everything is one of the like most soothing parts of our job, but like covering or watching a game, a real game in an empty stadium is absolutely depressing. And I think the fans, like you guys are saying, add so much to it and particularly at Bush stadium. I mean, Chris Bryan is right. St. Louis is boring. Like, nothing with all due respect, like, but it's a great place to like watch a game. And like, especially from our seats, some of the press box, like something crazy always happens and you can feel it, you know, these games historically kind of come down to like one or two swing plays and like, you can feel that energy, uh, at Bush stadium when, the Cardinal, like if the Cubs make an error and then all of a sudden, like, is that going to open the door to like a big inning? And obviously uh the Cubs got that huge inning uh, on Friday night that kind of swung the, the series. But I mean, I think David Ross talked about it feeling kind of you know, pretty normal out there. You know, his first game he managed at, at Bush stadium, uh Kyle Hendricks, felt it um I think Anthony Rizzo alluded to it I mean it's it's not just us like it, it makes a difference uh, for these guys like I mean the Bush Stadium crowd is like another kind of character uh, in these games and it's great to see it
0: back. Yeah, like the 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 nacho fan, you know. Well we had we had a reemergence of another nacho fan. I don't know if you guys caught this, but so the nacho fan of Cardinals lore, of course, yeah. was the dude whose nachos exploded yeah. all over him when what was it, Addison Russell dove into the stands and then he brought him a new a replacement that was at Bush. Well and Anthony Rizzo was trying to barter with a fan in this series for a plate of nachos, uh with the ball. Apparently the fan got the ball, but protocols dictated that Rizzo couldn't actually get the nachos. Um yeah, I think uh, it was funny, and we'll get to maybe some specific performances. So this this is a little out of left field, uh, but it was too. It was it was just wild to me that like watching these games, you had two truly bizarre calls that ended up not mattering at all in the final accounting, and it was like I was so geared up to talk about them. You had the on Saturday night that foul ball roller up the line that the Cardinals, was Arenado, went to grab because he thought it was foul, and it was called a fair ball. And it was like, oh, tying runs on base now. And they, he and Yachty were, like, flipping. And I was just thought that was so crazy because I don't know that I had ever seen that before where a fielder quickly grabs a roller up because he's like, okay, cool, it went foul. And the ump's like, nope, it didn't go all the way foul. I just I don't know that I've ever seen that. And then, obviously, in uh, last night's game, we had that play at third base in that uh, pivotal seventh inning or I guess it ended up not being pivotal or uh, it's R- para through that to third David Bodie caught it while standing on the base. That should be an out. And then as he went to the ground, he tagged the runner, I think twice. I, l- I think his glove actually hit both legs on the slide. So by my count, the runner was out three different times on <laughs> a, play, a play where he was, where he was <laughs> called safe and there was no replay available. And, uh, but it, it didn't matter. Ended up not mattering. And so I guess a, a comment there. Just kudos to Ryan Tepera for I mean, getting four outs in the tightest, tensest of possible circumstances. And uh, he has quietly been among a group of just loaded bullpen right now. He's actually been the best-performing reliever over the past month or so, which is just crazy. MVP. How about, yeah. yeah, that's why he gets the votes. <laughs> How about the fact that
1: I, – I mean, I, I'm sure Cubs fans – uh, get this feeling every single time the Cubs play the Cardinals it's like they send out some reliever and you're like who is this guy and he's just shutting everyone down and it's completely reversed this past series the Cubs sent out guys I'm sure Cardinal fans are like this guy some bomb will will knock him around sure and, and he shuts them down he shuts down their bullpen as guys that I think some of us weren't even expecting to be real impact arms this year, and and I love how David Ross is just throwing Tommy Nance into big situations. You know, it, it's like out of nowhere, these guys are gaining his trust, and it, it's it, it's nice to see these arms be developed. and And the fact is, the Cardinals bullpen, yes, they they suppress runs they walk way too many guys. Like it is hard to watch sometimes that is not, I mean, we talk about Cardinals baseball, the way they develop pitching and just seem to churn talent every year, every year, pitching, pitching, pitching. I I mean, yeah, they have talent. I'm not going to slight the Cardinals and their ability to, to uh, develop pitching, but this year the, the bullpen is rough. It's really hard to watch. And, and it, they may be able to suppress runs but i don't know how sustainable it is when you're walking 15% of the batters you face it's just i mean i i guess uh that 8th inning on friday is an example of that right i don't think they hit a home run in the 8 run in the 8 run inning right and and it's just they they went up there with the right approach and just took what what the cardinals gave them and the cardinals were willing to hand them that game
2: yeah i'm not going to go uh too big picture on this one, but I, I kept thinking what Jed Hoyer had said uh last week of like I make evaluations kind of on how our team looks and if we're tough to beat and I thought that this weekend kind of sum that up. Uh you know, even going back to like you know, Joe Madden's eyeball test of like using the Cardinals as this measuring stick. I think this current Cubs team has their last seven losses each have been by one run. Does that sound right? Something like that. Yep. I mean there there is a lot to work with here and and i think you know you don't make any determinations off of one series but uh, obviously they won the series and i don't think anyone walked away from that thinking like oh yeah well the cardinals are going to get hot and and run away with this thing
0: yeah i mean you in addition to it being one of those checkpoint benchmark things where you're looking like okay does this look like a competitive team against another competitive team and i think by virtue of you know, you have one blowout and then two coin flip games. I know I say that a lot, but that that really was sort of the case. And I, I don't think you can take too much away from that. But the combination of it satisfying that bare minimum eye test, okay, oh yeah, it looks competitive. And then two, the results of these games matter because this, if you are going to be competitive come June, July, When it matters, this is the team you've got to beat because it's probably the one you're going to be chasing in the standings and or trying to supplant and be ahead of. And so um, on that front, you know, you're only talking about three games. But I mean, heck, when when late July comes around, does anyone doubt that it's possible that if the Cubs are three games up on the Cardinals as opposed to three games back on the Cardinals I really think there's a huge difference in what the Cubs end up doing uh, if, if it were that kind of of difference. And so uh, even, even that simply it was good to win a series this weekend for this Cubs team.
1: Yeah. I I mean, you're right. I think we're going to be talking about it for the next, uh, what is it? Two months. Uh, This is how they do like that, that it's going to be the slightest of differences could change jed hoyer's mind i think and i it's it'll be really fascinating to watch going forward just just what it takes for for them to push him in a in a different direction than a non-sell direction right i don't know if that means standing pat doing a little doing the 2015 smaller moves or is there a chance he goes aggressive in buy mode i'd be surprised but
0: but it, oh man, you know, the Cubs are trading for Max Scherzer, aren't they? <laughs> oh, it's crazy. <laughs> but you know, it's it's at least they have put themselves
1: in that conversation where we're not talking, you know, about a sell off at the end of May.
2: I mean, getting Scherzer would be a good troll move against the Cardinals too, because he's from St. <laughs> Louis, went to Mizzou, and I think the St. Louis Post Dispatch has already been trying to. Uh, Beat that drum, uh, but yeah, I, the, I'm just looking at the schedule here. I mean, the Cubs, the Cardinals come to Wrigley in the middle of the Cubs' like epic road trip throughout June. It breaks up a West Coast trip and a New York trip, and then the Cardinals come back right before the All Star break for three games uh, at Wrigley, and then I think we got to circle this four game set at Bush Stadium, July 19th through the 22nd, and if they don't know. Either way, I think things will be pretty clear by then.
0: Yeah, but it's, it is not that hard to imagine, you know, where narratively speaking, we, you know, uh, as observers head into that series and we say, oh man, if the Cubs could take three or four, I think they got to do this. Or, oh, if they drop three or four, I think it's going to be this. Uh, because we have, as we've mentioned many times, we anticipate that that's kind of how this Cubs team might go for a bit, but. You know, lock in those wins against the Cardinals when you get the chance, and you don't know how it plays out. And so it was important to see the Cubs taking two or three. I think seeing Albert Alzali go as deep as he did was as really important, um, especially bouncing back from the start where he, what he indicated, he didn't have his slider the the last time out and just didn't have the feel for it, and this time certainly did. Hung one to Yachty. Whatever, it happens. Um, And I think it was, uh, you know, obviously nice again to see Kyle Hendricks do his thing. I think clearly he's turned things around. Zach Davies was probably more lucky than good last night, but he was passable, plausible as a starter. And you sort of, that's his turnaround process. And, uh, you know, obviously the bullpen was just fantastic again. I don't think the Cubs can ride them this hard for an entire season and have this level of success. But, you know, it was as a series, it was, I think, more encouraging on the pitching side. And that's something that we probably needed more after such a long stretch where the bats had kind of really started to click. And I don't know, I can kind of throw out last night's offensive performance on the basis of a strike zone that was Oh, about seven feet wide. And (laughs) I think, you know, you've got a pitcher out there and Adam Wainwright, who if you show him that he's going to get three baseballs off the side of the plate, he's like, oh, okay, cool. Yeah, I can work with that. And so I have a hard time being too down on the offense, you know, after last night's game. All right. So off day today here on Monday and then the Cubs will head to Pittsburgh for a few. Uh, You know, they haven't really done to the Pirates what you would hope. And I think that, you know, it's interesting you put it, that going into this weekend series against the Cardinals, it was like taking two of three was what was necessary to keep the narrative momentum going, if not the actual performance momentum for the Cubs. And it almost feels like similarly, certainly you got to beat the Pirates two of three in order to keep the feeling of like, okay, yeah, things are moving the right direction, tougher schedule ahead, et cetera, et cetera. Um, But a sweep really does set you up to be like, oh, Oh, I think, I think we we're we're on board now. So we'll see good series win for the Cubs in St. Louis, good fan experience, both, uh, for those at the games, presumably, but also just for those of us watching at home, it's just a different energy. And and it felt great to, to participate in that in a way that we haven't had available to us since 2019. So we will be back at you, uh, later and we thank you as always for listening. Uh, then yeah make sure you're rating and reviewing and subscribing and getting us wherever you get your podcasts i'm brett taylor you can get my stuff at bleacher nation that's patrick mooney inside of sharma get their stuff as always at the athletic and we will talk to you again soon thanks